Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag NFL. Give us to Williams right up the middle. He's got a hole. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tyson Williams. And welcome to the Baltimore Ravens. Takes a snap. Fires on a cross. Spin. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. Card at Darren Waller. Blitz is picked up. Jones is open. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. This time, no doubt. Raiders beat the Ravens 33-27. A crazy, wild game. If you made it up, nobody would believe it. Ravens blow three fourth-quarter leads. Raiders tie it with a 55-yard field goal. And then in overtime, they had a touchdown. They reviewed it, correctly took it away. First and goal, <laughs> the Raiders backed up and threw an interception. But then they forced a fumble and won the game anyway. Bizarreness, oh, highly entertaining. That went off hands and face. Well, off the receiver's hands, off the defender's helmet, popped in the air. Nothing but net. <laughs> right. Bizarro time, but the Raiders get the win, 33-27. And the Ravens got a lot of big plays out of Jackson, but a couple of big fumbles out of him as well. Now, yeah, the last one, I mean, he was pulverized. Yeah, I like to blame it on him. So much was made of this. These Manning brothers are talking on TV. It's because it was new. I enjoyed it. No, but I don't want to hear Peyton Manning interview somebody. I want to hear him being interviewed. I don't want to hear him ask questions to Ray Lewis. You can get any stiff to do that. I want to hear Peyton Manning tell me what he thinks. He's so good. He In some of those segments, he was turned into an interviewer. Yep, because he's hosting it. Right. Yeah. Because announcers work. suck, and we just need athletes there. But then the athlete ends up doing the announcer's job. Yeah. So, <laughs> away we go. I want to hear I what Panning has to say. I, thought, he, has to I say. thought Eli had a couple of awesome points right at the end of the game. One, he said, don't go on a hard count, because it'll fool you. It's just hut, and you just go. And sure enough, they went on a hard count, and that got him off sides and back to the uh, six-yard line. He called that. <clears throat> and then he called pulling the uh, field goal team off. He says, no rhythm now. Run another play. And they scored a touchdown on it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, injured reserve. A right hip sublection, sublaction, sublation. Whatever you want. Whatever, it looked like it hurt. Subluxation is what it is. Subluxation. I totally screwed that up. He's out six to eight weeks, so. You see Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what a subluxation is exactly? Do I want to know? It's going to make it's my hip It's a dislocation hurt. that goes out and then goes back in. Popped it out and popped it in. Better his hip than mine. Well, that's really just sums up who you are. Niners people didn't know that. Niners running back, Raheem Mostert, <laughs> chipped Carlidge in his knee. You wish it had happened to you, of if course. you want to want the... <laughs> no, I wish it wouldn't have happened to either, my friend. <laughs> it's football, that... All right, keep, keep talking. Maybe you'll get yourself out of it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
It's out eight weeks. Arthroscopic surgery after chipping cartilage. Just admit when you're wrong and you screwed up. People will forgive you. Cleveland Brown Center and NFL Players Association Union President J.C. Treder said he believes Chiefs assistant coach Greg Lewis should be disciplined by the NFL for his role in the sideline skirmish with Cleveland safety Ronnie Harris Jr. Harrison was ejected after he pushed Lewis, shoved the Browns' safety after coming over to help Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Harrison is facing a fine for his actions. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Short version is uh, they played well and we played very poorly. And that was as bare bones as you can boil it down to. But as poorly as we played, we still had some really good individual performances. I thought Makai Bernard was a big bright spot on offense. Rushed for nearly 150 yards. It was insane. Average per carry over 12 yards a carry. He had 12 carries total and was over 12 yards a carry. Added four catches to that for another 15 or 20 yards. So he was a big part of the offense. I thought Bam Olesen, even though he didn't start, he came in and gave us really good reps and played some of his best football at left tackle. So those are two really bright spots on offense. Kyle went on to say that offensively, guys missed assignments, made mistakes, just blew it. Defensively, they got pushed around, and he thought that was especially noticeable. In the second half, they really got pushed around, which said he couldn't remember the last time the defensive line got handled like that. Didn't he he say that uh, Saturday night, too? USC football coach Clay Helton has been fired. Athletic director Mike Bone announced yesterday, two days after Trojans got beat at home by Stanford, 42-28. His buyout's in the $12 million range. They had him signed through 2023, but he is out. Not even going to let him coach this season, PK. I guess under the theory he might rally and get to 9-3 or 10-2, and they're tired of that. Sure, yeah, I guess so. I mean, obviously he was on dead man walking list for years now. Right. Uh, You wonder why didn't they make the change in the offseason? Why let him go to the first loss? Because I doubt they were going to go undefeated. Because they didn't think it looked good firing him after 5-1? and I don't know. I'm with you. They wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to get rid of him before last year. But... I think they looked at 5-1 and one in a bizarro year and thought, mm, can we really fire him after that? Yes. Of course, they're firing him after this, so why not? This looks ridiculous, too. But if you're going to do it, do it sooner rather than later. I, talking with Tom Homo years ago, he thought that it was better to do it. If you know you're going to do it, then do it. Don't wait. Because now you've got a head start on everybody else who's looking for a head coach, right? We know that there'll be several more, to what extent we don't know, but we know there'll be several more between now and December, right? And there'll also be guys who will take other jobs that wouldn't have been fired, but nevertheless, you have a coaching vacancy and an opening. So right now, USC, anybody who's coaching, they wouldn't talk directly, but they would go through circles. Anybody who isn't coaching, they can have direct conversation today. So in that respect, I don't think it's ridiculous. Because they have an an advantage right now that nobody else has. 
And with that in mind, I target one fellow who is not coaching right now. Stoops! No. Who? Chris Peterson. I say Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson all the way. Chris Peterson for the win. In my mind, yes. I don't know if he wants it, if he's done a, a resting period to where he wants to get back in. I have no clue. But I believe in his ability to coach winning programs, and he's a West Coast guy. Stoops is not. Right. And he's been out longer. Correct. And so you have this opportunity now to go after him, and you at least you know you're not competing with anybody for Chris Peterson, unless Washington wants to bring him back real soon. Because uh, <laughs> they're 0-2, obviously. But you, you, you know, They may want to consider it. You can't give... A, new, a brand new coach, two games. I mean, that, or even a half a season. That's ridiculous. Uh, unless there's something flagrantly wrong with the program. So, I appreciate that they did it when they did it because I don't. I don't think it's ridiculous at all. I think if you were going to do it, do it. You should have actually done the ridiculous portion of it. To me, is you Not, didn't do it earlier. You've wanted to get rid of him since, like, 2018. If that's the case, I don't know, because it's a new athletic director and a new president, so I don't know what they were thinking. But if they wanted to get rid of him, then they should have. And so there's, if you want to get rid of somebody, there's no time like the present. If Peterson took that job, if he wanted back in, that would make quitting Washington and sitting out a year make a lot more sense. I mean, we've all known dead man walking for a long time. And you're right, the AD and president's changes may have played in his favor for a little while and then played against him. You know, they're brand new, what's going on? You want to walk in and the first thing you do as a president is change the football coach. Like, that's the most important thing that needs to be done. They've had other issues on campus. I don't know. But Peterson maybe sees it coming and steps away, gets his year off, doesn't have to leave Uh, one school and jump to the other. I don't think that it was diabolical on Peterson's behalf. There was no planning. I don't think so. No, I don't think that, man. I'm going to step aside now so I can – I'm going to go independent so I can get into the conference and not have an affiliation. No, I don't I don't see that. I, I think he stepped away for genuine reasons. But that was a couple years ago and things change. I, I don't know what he's thinking. He may think, hey, I've done my time. Uh, I don't want to coach the dumbest age group in America. A great uh, quote uh, at a Pac-12 media so. day. But to me, right now, he should be the number one candidate. Lots been made out of the AD making a football hire at Cincinnati that's worked out pretty well with Luke Fickle. But he's not a West Coast guy either. No. Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian announced uh, Casey Thompson's going to replace Hudson Card as the Longhorns' starting quarterback. Both quarterbacks expect to play against Rice this weekend. On the other end of that Arkansas-Texas game, Arkansas was fined $100,000 by the SEC after the Razorback fans rushed the field in the aftermath of that win. Second violation of the conference's access to competition area policy. Man, how about that? Access to competition area policy. Next time they, they storm the field, it'll be a quarter of a million bucks. Texas A&M starting quarterback Haynes King will miss time. He's got a crack in his lower leg, Coach Jimbo Fisher told reporters. No timeline for his return, but a source told ESPN's Chris Lowe that he'll be out four to seven weeks. 
Navy's reinstated the offensive coordinator, Ivan Jasper, in a reduced role after athletic director Chet Gladchuk fired the longtime assistant over the weekend. Head coach Ken Nui Matalolo said Jasper, the team's offensive coordinator since 2008, will now be the quarterback's coach. Nui Matalolo said Monday that he asked Gladchuk to reconsider the decision, saying if Jasper losing him is not the right answer, we're better with him. He's the best option coach around. Nui Matalolo said he wasn't involved in the initial decision to fire the offensive coordinator, and now he will call plays for the midshipmen. Seven straight losses, five straight games with seven points or less. Obviously, things need to change, but that's not a good look, having your AD make unilateral decisions about the football staff. Suggests tons of turmoil for the midshipmen. Oh, they're losing, so yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The pitch. Turner swings and he belts one to left field deep. This ball's back. This ball's gone. A home run for Justin Turner. 5-1 Dodgers as Turner blasts his 25th home run of the season. There he goes. The pitch is blasted to deep right field. This one is way gone. Up over the arcade, Brandon Bell, the booming home run, is 24th of the year. 8-1 Giants. Giants beat the Padres 9-1. Dodgers keep pace by beating the Diamondbacks 5-1. Clayton Kershaw, out for a couple months, was back. Pitched into the fifth inning in that one. Yeah, Giants clinched. First team to clinch at least a wild card. They're obviously looking for more than that. Vlad Guerrero Jr., very close to a triple crown, PK. This close. This close. Hit his 45th home run. Tops in Major League Baseball, one in front of Shohei Otani. Toronto beats Tampa 8-1. Guerrero, four ribbies off the pace behind Jose Abreu. And he's got the best batting average by two points in the American League. So He do. So if he gets, the, could he be the guy who gets the triple crown and then doesn't win uh, MVP because no. Otani gets it? No. But that's the only way to take it away from Otani. Win the triple crown. The, the, the Jays have won 12 out of 13 games. Uh, they're in the wild card spot right now. You, you got to factor in winning to a degree and the pressure. Angels are playing out the string. Yep. It's not like it's meaningless stats, but they don't mean as much as what Guerrero's doing right now. With the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Jays. All tangled in that wild card race. Lopsided game of the night. That'll go to the Astros. 15-1 to over the Rangers. Really put it on them. Bees lost 12-2 to the Oklahoma City Dodgers. Series finale for the team set for tonight. 635 Smith Ballpark. Get your tickets at slbs.com or listen here on The Zone at 620. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Frank Dolce, Ute Insider, analyst for the Zone Sports Network, will be here at 8 o'clock. Dylan Colley, former BYU receiver, will be here at 9 o'clock. Lots of college football on the way right here on the Zone Sports Network. It's game week for the 
Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Lenoride Mortgage will be live. They'll be joining us Friday morning to help you get the lowest rates on your new mortgage or refinance. Listen Friday morning. Visit LenrideMortgage.com for more information. That's important. Mortgage rates count. They matter. Can save you some money. Oh, big time, man. Question of the morning. What impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the Utes this season? They don't win. It's a massive gag. James says, well, they've done this two other times, and both times Utah lost to the interim coach. So we'll see this time. Third time's the charm. I don't remember them. That's where you come in. Come on, nerd boy. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. I'll have to look them up. <laughs> Off the top of my head, I can't. I remember the interim coaches. I think we all remember Orgeron got his shot and then didn't get hired. And that's how Clay Hilton got the job. But I'll have to look up those years and check the scores for you. Okay, do that. All right, I'll get right on that. But if the number one team, the favorite, fires their coach... One game in a conference season. Logic would dictate. That's disarray. So then you move down to the number two, whose coach is not going to be fired. Number three, well, I mean, they've had three assistants fired. They can't possibly do it. The only way they do it is if they cheat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the truth. But maybe the cheating paid off. It didn't. The, the kids that they brought in, right, they didn't, didn't get. didn't get, so they can't really. can't <laughs> help them win now since they're so, not going to have a jersey on. Yeah, so they, they cheated and didn't even succeed. Pull it together, Devils. So, yeah. I mean, Utah's clearly in the driver's seat now. The interim coaches were 2013-2015. Those are odd-numbered years. The games were in L.A., so the Utes lost. Because they haven't, they haven't won in the Coliseum since they joined the Pac-12. Okay, but do we know that they were interim coaches when they played the Utes? You can't just you, you didn't do all your homework. You Got to do your homework early. I got to do my homework early. How early <laughs> in the season did they change? <laughs> so uh, that doesn't tell me. That's not hundred percent of the facts. Come on, man. I mean, I know you don't have the standards set by Walter Cronkite, but come on. I was a little shy on detail there. All right, keep talking. I'll big fella. <laughs> You're like your putts. You come up short. <laughs> All too often, except for the ones I run wow. 20 feet past and off the green. Now nah, he's seen me putt enough, he can say that. So it's too little or too much, huh? So come on, man. Nail it. Dude. It's going to be hard for SC to concentrate and all. I mean, they're going to go through the whole season. Why should I listen to this guy? He's not going to be here next year 
And am I going to be here next year? Right, right now, if I'm a potential pro, my whole thing is to start to gear up for the Le- National yeah. Football League. That's where the what real Kalani money is. was just talking about. Are guys going to be selfish, worried about their stats? Mm-hmm. Trying to put dramatic plays on tape and all that well, stuff. Well, these are young guys, and they're influenced by so many different people, and there's going to be so many different people in their ear now. you got to get yours. This is a long-term survival here. Every man for himself. And the Devils, I mean, I don't think these coaches are going to be here next year. That's what I'm hearing. A 68-year-old Herm will ride off in the sunset. Yeah, I get it. It's been a great run. I get it. We cheated. I got caught. I get it. <laughs> and now I'm going to retire. Yeah, and so he'll go do his thing. So they can't be a threat, can they? I mean, they were up four points on UNLV. I think UNLV lost to Southern Nevada in the first game. Didn't they? Bryce Harper came and yeah, scored Nevada. a winning touchdown. The, the, the non-football playing <laughs> Southern Nevada, yes. Well, UNLV is the non-football playing program in Vegas. Hey, hey oh, well done, well done. <laughs> so they're up 14-10 to 10 at home. And Herm listening to them because they're playing the Cougars this year, I mean this week, I mean, and he said their passing game sucks. And two of the three running backs were out. Other than that. Yeah. Now, they they could get healthy at the time, but for the Cougars, man, you should be able to pick off this win. Uh, but, yeah, so Utah, man, they're in the driver's seat. I don't care what happens Saturday. In some ways, uh, that's actually good. I mean, the long-lost interview we all had with Britton Covey, I don't know that it'll ever get played on our station, but I gave up my afternoon and went up there like I was told to do, and got Britton, and he was talking. I, I asked him, I said, about, uh, I don't know, at least we're going to post it on the website so you, you can hear the interviews from yesterday. Um, is, is this like 2019? That loss to SC was a conference loss. BYU wasn't, but it has just as much emotion and all that stuff surrounding it and attention as a USC loss that was there at that game too. And... They turn around and won eight straight. I don't know if they're going to win nine straight, but clearly, as Britton Covey was saying, that, that that loss humbled them at two years ago, got them refocused, that type of thing. See this thing that happened Saturday night doing that. I mean, the, the, I feel way better about Utah's chances this morning than I did this time yesterday. You hadn't already seen the uh, the red flag go up with their loss to Stanford? Yeah, I saw it in like 2018. I saw it the day he was hired. It was clear he was going to be fired. So he was dead man walking again. Again. Still. Staggering around like... I mean, I felt decent zombie. about their chances yesterday morning after SC, they had barely even competed. And so, but now more so... And the assistant coaches, where's their focus going to be on? I mean, Next job, let, they'll, let, be, they'll be calling friends yeah, in, the profe- it, in the profession. If you want a frame of reference, go back to when Bronco Mendenhall announced that he was going to take the Virginia job. And the, and all the assistants, will, and I talked to several of them, well, what am I going to do? And then Bronco decides to hire several of them. They take the job. And I talked to guys, former BYU players who are on that staff, 
said, well, I don't know that. And we all expected Kalani was going to get the gig. That wasn't a big surprise. But I don't have a relationship with him. He's been at Utah all this time. How do I know he's going to keep me? And they're going to double my salary to go to Virginia. All right. So it was a no-brainer for those guys. And then what did the football team do? Turn it over the first 17 possessions? (laughs) Not 17. Because they didn't have that many in the first half. If they did, they would have. Utah fell asleep a little bit and allowed the Utes to come back. But then when it was time to turn on the gas, they did and won the game. And 35 nothing turned into 35-28. Yeah. whoop de doo And the players said we had to pull it together on the sideline. An and obvious yeah. reference to they didn't feel like they were being led by the coaches. Right. So what do you think the SC assistants are going to do right now? If I'm they any of them, Vic Soto, up, they are, I'm making contacts. Yeah, they are burning up the phones trying yeah. to figure out where might I get a job next year. Everybody texts these days. That's why you go with Podium. Texting is the way to go. I'll tell you about it later. Give us about 20 minutes. Yeah. So, absolutely. This season's over for SC. Unless they win big. There's no hard to do because they've they already win. lost to Stanford. Why they win would win big. This is if you're ever going to beat the Trojans in the Coliseum, this is the year. I mean, you got Charlie Brewer. He flew for 450 trillion yards at Baylor. He Tro- won the Sugar Bowl. The Trojans went six and three in conference both times they had the interim coach, and both times when they beat the Utes, the change had already been made. Once they beat him 19-3, the Utes are switching oh. quarterbacks during the game. Travis Wilson's hurt. And the other one is the Cameron Smith three-interception game. 42-24. Well, they didn't go 6-3 and because you're playing nine games. They made the moves after the during conference season. Mm-hmm. So that's inaccurate. Like they did this time. Right. But they didn't go 6-3 and three after the change because the change was right. made during conference games, after conference games. So they couldn't have the interim coach couldn't have gone six and three because they'd already played some games. The Trojans were one and two when they played the Utes, so they did pretty well with the uh interim coach. I'm not gonna try to do the math. What would that be? Five and one with the interim coach to get to six and three well, if it was you the just week told before. I'm not gonna try to do the math. I know, and then I just, just took a flyer. It's just I, crazy. I don't PK. know what to believe from you, man. <laughs> you tell me one thing, you do another. You both do times, one thing, you tell me something else. Both times they beat Utah to get to two and two in the conference. The so constant inconsistencies that I have to put up. And so yeah, I may shout at you just a little bit at seven forty two, but at least I'm consistent. But neither of those teams completely <laughs> threw in the towel when they won yeah, but the, and beat the Utes to get to two and two. They and end up finishing six and three. And do you think that the Utah program was better? Absolutely then not. Or the now? first the first one was a five and seven season, right. and that was you know. And one were of the, the Utes picked second in those years? Give you something else to do? No, nope. keep, keep them busy, Yock. It works every time. <laughs> <laughs> From thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. Just keep doing stuff. Whatever you can look up. <laughs> I wouldn't count on them completely rolling over. They've actually had seasons where they did roll over where the full-time coach stayed there. But when they can't reach their goals, to your point, they've always got a bunch of NFL guys on the roster. And when they can't reach their goals, things unravel. Oh, Lane, about... Lane Kiffin had a 7-6 and six season that ended with a humiliating loss in the Sun Bowl. This is about the Utes playing well anyway. That's yeah, what's most that important. That would be a good start, yes. No matter. They got Charlie Brewer. I mean, he started 16 years at Baylor. I mean, he's really good. 
I love your overstatement. <laughs> 17 turnovers, 16 years. 467 trillion yards he threw for at Baylor. 467 <laughs> trillion. Yes. Yes. That's uh, I, I know it because it equals the U.S. deficit. It just it parallels. Just keep Charlie Brewer's yards on a billboard everywhere when you drive around town? It's the same thing. The deficit, Charlie Brewer's yards that he threw it at, uh, at Baylor. That's sure. That, I mean, all those successes that he had in Baylor, man, that, that paid off big time in Provo Saturday night. Not even a little bit. Who gives a crap what he did two years ago? It's what you're doing now. Not that he can't do it, but I'm not going to base it on a team that I never watched once. So you threw out uh, USC and ASU's help because of the turmoil they have. The obvious other contender then would be UCLA beat LSU to get to 2-0 and and announce they've arrived. Sure, they beat LSU. Can't take that away from them, man. That's it. They beat LSU. If that's Now, if LSU turns out to be another 500 team... If that's the defining moment of the Bruins, I always thought, I said all along, I thought they were going to be a tough out. I said it 5,000 times in August. I still believe that. I said it before they pulverized LSU. I mean, uh, Hawaii, they dominated, which surprised me because Hawaii had the best training camp they'd ever had, according to Todd Graham. Very explosive, good character. So the question of the morning, what impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the Utes this season? And Mark says, it makes you wonder if Mel Kuyper still thinks USC will clobber BYU at the end of the season. Mark counting on uh, USC being in disarray on Thanksgiving weekend. He did say that. I happened to be listening, driving to the gym one morning on my Sirius satellite, Station 80, and I heard him say, they will clobber BYU. And I quoted him and put it out there. I didn't think they'd clobber them anyway. But that's a non-conference game. I know it means a lot to BYU, but it doesn't mean anything for the conference. And it means zero for Utah. And games are relevant. Uh, unless they were to go undefeated the rest of the way and potentially get a shot to move in to, to get in the playoff. But even then, if they had a shot to the playoff, Utah would just move up to the Alamo Bowl because the loser of the Pac-12 title game would move into the Rose Bowl if I think it's what, the Peach and Cotton are the two semis this year. And so that has very little effect on the Utes, that, that particular game, because it's not like they would move up. They would just move up a potential pecking order in some who-gives-a-crap bowl that they're barely going to show up to play. Mike says this is going to have no impact on the Utes. It's just going to make the Pac-12 look even worse. Oh, I disagree completely. Oregon beat Ohio State. That's what will make the Pac-12 look good, assuming Oregon can back that up. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing, is just to get one team in. That's, right. Nobody cares that, about the middle of your league flailing around. Yeah, that's the playoff now. If, if That's the big knock. I mean, the Pac-12 can suck you-know-what, but if they got one team in the playoff, all of a sudden they're great. It is, it's so bogus, and it's decided by judges, no less. <laughs> it's, 
it's, it's crazy to think that, that that's how we define success for the Pac-12 is a committee of, what, 13 people? They, who, they decide it. Which one-loss team do they pick? Because they always eliminate the two-loss teams, and they always let in the undefeated Power 5 team. They're and not going to let, let in the undefeated team from the SEC and Clemson and Ohio State. And if Ohio State isn't in, we'll change the rules to allow them to get in. <laughs> so. And if we're really up against the wall, then Oklahoma or Notre Dame can be in, but yeah. you got to make us. Right. So let's, uh, let's meet every week in Dallas, or they ought to go to Maui. Just play it up even more ridiculous. Once the committee starts, where they, they, they start meeting in the end of October, you should sequester and quarantine in Maui. Sequester was absolutely the word. Good word. <laughs> Good poll. We have sequestered ourselves yeah. in a five-star luxury hotel. And we're, Yards from the beach. We're going to listen to them, and then ESPN can do it at halftime or in between the games of the four power teams of college basketball that they want to play. And we can bring in Herb Street. And make it so dramatic. Meanwhile, and, and we release, what do they do? They release it up to 25, so we start guessing on teams 5, 6, and 7. I can remember two years ago, the Utes were like 6. I wrote for KSL on our website. They got no chance. Oh, my gosh. Ute fans got over me, got on me so bad. One guy said, I went over really well. I'm going to tweet this every day if that hack is wrong. Well, that hack was right. <laughs> How come I didn't hear from you? I come you, only hear from you. I know that. I know the answer to that because you were right. <laughs> it wasn't an, an outrageous take. You got a guy who's the mouthpiece of the SEC on ESPN saying, Utah? Yeah. Nobody wants to watch Utah. Right. I mean, it wasn't like you made it up out of thin air. Right. And, and I was authoring that no way Utah deserves to be in there. They're frauds. Not reading the second sentence, PK. I don't care. Don't you think that I would want Utah in? Wouldn't it be good for my job? Was it good for work? Isn't that very, very important to me? Yes, it matters a whole heck of a lot that the station succeeds. And if the teams win, the station stands a better chance to succeed, and I stand a better chance to be employed, you idiots. It's only been true there. for 20 I'm years. angry to them. You don't have any problem when I'm angry to them. But if I'm angry with you, all hell breaks loose. I agree. <laughs> Am I right, Yak? Am I speaking truth right now? <laughs> You're not nearly as angry with them either. You're going soft on them. Pretty, na- pretty much nailed it. <laughs> You're inconsistent. That's your problem? On a weekly basis. On a minute basis. A segment-by-segment segment basis. I am as consistent as... Tiger in his prime. <laughs> oh, jeez. And he won one out of every four tournaments in his prime, so. Which was awesome. Okay. Yeah, because I allow you to win three out of every four segments, because if I crushed you, you would even whimper even more than you do. <laughs> I can't make a whimpering noise on demand, sorry. I really wanted to for comedy's sake. <laughs> would have been good. Michael, Michael tweets at us. Oh, so the question to reset it for those of you just joining us. What impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the youths this season? Michael says that the youths' counterpart in the in-state game will have a better shot at sweeping the Pac-12 South this season. That is well played, Michael. That is a Kyle Whittingham response right there. Not a rivalry game, an in-state game. The youths' counterpart, not BYU. I see what you did there, Michael. I think you did it very well. I can buy some logic there. Sure, yeah. It's a better shot at sweeping. 
But that really has no effect on Utah. That's great for the Cougars. The effect it will have on Utah is they will have to listen to the Cougars talk about sweeping the South. That's the impact it will have on the Utes. But if the Utes are going to the Rose Bowl, go They ahead. won't care so much? No. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I, I bring up the example. The first time the Devils went to the Rose Bowl, they clinched. They beat uh, Northern Cal. Not Southern Cal. They beat Northern Cal. Uh, the penultimate week of the season. Stanford or Cal? I'm tr- I, no, Stanford I is Stanford. Okay. Well, we got Southern Cal. Mm-hmm. So Which then, is USC. So, but I then, thought you might go UC Berkeley if you meant Cal. I, so yeah, I do. A, no, okay. that's Northern Cal. All right. If there's a Southern Cal, there's got to be a Northern Cal. It's just the way it works. Don't get me sidetracked. <laughs> so they beat Northern Cal, and they clinched. The next week was the rivalry game, which they lost. But nobody ever talks about it because they went and they beat Jim Harbaugh and Bo Schemblechter because they accused the Devils of holding, and they won the Rose Bowl. So if BYU sweeps the South and Utah goes to the Rose Bowl, who cares? They will have che- Utah will have achieved its primary goal. True story. Win the conference. Yeah. When I was growing up and was uh, was living there and, and going to, to the to ASU and, and had friends on the team, or at least casual guys that I knew a little bit, you know, that now at their 20 years old, I'm way older than them. I don't live and die by what they do on the football field. But at the time, those some of those guys were your buddies, man. The quarterback I, I hung out with in high school. Uh, and he ended up playing in the NFL. Um, so you wanted them to win, right? So my two goals every academic year were go to the Rose Bowl and go to the College World Series. My two sports goals for the Devils. I've always been a pro basketball guy versus college, so I didn't care nearly as much about basketball. Plus, they're not any good. Uh, so if the, if the point I'm making is that the Utes go to the Rose Bowl this year, that's all that matters. Sure, it just doesn't feel... And I mean, logically, people know it's possible. It just doesn't feel like it this close to having gotten pushed around in the rivalry game. It doesn't mean it can't happen. But when happen. we get there in the first week of December, right. if it happens... It will be a I promise you, right. as you, I don't need to promise you, you already know, they'll be jumping up and down like crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And it'll be in Vegas, so there'll be 25,000, 30,000 Ute fans if they think they got a shot. Now, you know, if they go 6-3 uh, and three in Oregon sitting over there at 9-0, and zero, yeah. you know, maybe, and Oregon's just beating the crap out of everybody, like that one year uh, the Trojans were on probation and the Bruins went... And I don't even think they had a five uh, above five hundred record, but say they had they had to go because the Trojans couldn't go, yep. and so there wasn't really no buzz in that game. In fact, I think Newhouse might have even been fired. He might have been coaching out the string at that point. Uh, I'm, I'd have to double check that. So under that circumstance, but Utes are, the, the bottom line for me is the Utes are going to get a lot better, unless I'm misreading the situation entirely. Brewer's going to get more comfortable. And he's going to get more comfortable with his receivers. He's going to realize, hey, i got to get the ball to Keithy at, as much as I can. He's really good. Uh, we're going to see Bernard, I think, take over the running back spot. Uh, and I, I still think they're going to be fine. 
Could be wrong, but that's the way I see it. Defense can't get pushed around. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. The secondary was probably the question mark. He felt pretty good about linebacker, and the defensive line's never the question mark, but the secondary wasn't the issue. No, it's not like BYU threw the ball over the field. No. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Stay with us. Coming up, we'll run all of this by Frank Dolce. That's coming up at 8 o'clock, about 15 minutes away, right here on The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 6 with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utah RV Super Show is back at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy, September 16th through the 19th. Join the big show Thursday and Friday from 2 to 7 p.m. and see the newest technology and latest trends in RVs. What impact does Clay Helton's dismissal have on the Utes this season? Greg just tweeted at us, based on what we saw last Saturday, not much. He just doesn't think they're good enough, PK. One game, so if they would have won, they'd be great? Absolutely. Because you can't have one without the other. Tuesday after the rivalry game, fans haven't bounced back yet. May take a USC win, actually, to get them to bounce back. Come in with the assumption they're better than San Diego State and Washington State. So Why, Why do you do that, though? What? You always just go to the bigger program and assume Don't the you think that's what gonna... the fans think? That they're no better than San Diego I State and Washington I can't State? I speak what fans think. I don't know. I think the fans think they're better than that. And I think well, of they course know you they... do, because that's what you think. And I think they also know they haven't won in the LA Coliseum in the Pac-12. So, yeah, I think Utah-USC is a game for Ute fans. They'll establish how good they are. And then they got beat by so BYU. So we got to wait until next dis- month? It was decisive. So now, like, ugh. Yeah, it was Greg, nine points. That's why Greg says this. Yeah, they never led in the game. Defense couldn't get off the field, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it was more of an offensive issue. I don't think it was a defensive issue. Their offense was woefully inadequate. It was. Yeah, that, that was it's the same old problem with them. Uh, I mean, despite this guy threw for, I don't know, he's not how many yards now? It's like a fish. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. It really doesn't. <laughs> That's just you making stuff up so you can be outraged. It's been 9000 forever, except when it went for $476 trillion. I didn't understand all the hype. What difference did it make what he did at Baylor? It matters what he does at Utah. That's, uh, that's, that's all that matters is what are you doing now, not what you did. Uh, sports is about now, not before. So I, I don't think we got to wait till the middle of October, basically, to find out how good they are? Really? Yes. And I don't even know that that's going to tell you. Then what the hell is going to tell you? <laughs> because the, the, if only the games thing, don't tell you, what the, tells you? The pass-fail <laughs> is winning the division and then winning the conference championship game. Oh, you sure? But you could have. I, I disagree on that. Okay. It's, it's not a pass-fail. So if they don't win. 
the conference championship game, that's a fail. That's no. pretty strong. Especially if That's Oregon. what you just said. I know, especially if Oregon turns out to be all bad. But I think for a lot of fans, that what it is, fans always want. I don't care about that. Regardless of sport. I can't, I can't project what fans think. I can only say what I think. We were just talking about what a fan wrote. So that's why we're talking about what fans think and why you were talking that. about it. That's fine for you, but I'm saying for myself, and that's fine for you. I don't have any problem saying that's what you like to do. I speak for myself. I give a clear, concise opinion for me, not what I think some fan thinks. I don't really care what the fan thinks. The fan has every right to think what he or she thinks. When I say I don't care, I do care, but I mean I don't care to the point of arguing with him or her because that's their right as long as they're invested in the program to think that way. But I can't speak for them. I can speak for myself. And you read that. I disagree with that. That, to me, if they don't win the conference title game in Vegas, I do not label this season an automatic failure. Okay, but earlier, an hour ago... Now, with USC having the coaching change, and the third-place team looks like that coaching staff, certainly three guys look like they're on the way out the door, but the whole group could be on the way out the door. Mm-hmm. I think they are. Right. And I think you think that because you've been told that, not because you're guessing, mm-hmm. that people in Arizona have told you that. Because mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Sometimes coaches can kick the can down the road. We saw it at the University of Arizona. We thought the basketball coach was done, but he stretched it out for a couple more years. And, and then he was they done. They didn't have the hardcore evidence that these guys These guys do, yeah. yeah. I mean, they literally have documentation. The people who are out to get them, got them. But go ahead. You're, you're, you're trying to capture me in an inconsistency. You love to do that. So, and then I always wiggle out of it. <laughs> <laughs> because you're judge and jury. Yep, I won. No, because I can pretty talk. Pretty good synopsis of how things go around here. You're trying to get, I See, that's the difference. I try to build him up. We're a team. He tries to get me in inconsistencies. He tried it yesterday when I said the Pac-12 season didn't count. And then he said, well, I the, think you and then I said they went 2-9 and nine last year in Baylor. But then you told me the Pac-12 season think, didn't count. So, But the Baylor season counts. Yeah, because they played I 11 games. I think you spoke for a lot of people when you say, You've had a good run of seasons. You're picked to finish second. And now the first and third place teams clearly right. and obviously have issues with the coaching staff. You should get this done. You should be the But team. I said, I agree with that. But what I said was, I can't label a loss in the conference title game a f- pass-fail season. You want to go south, that's another story. Mm-hmm. So Especially I can, if Oregon is a real juggernaut. You know, what if Oregon precisely. is awesome? Exactly. What if that isn't Ohio State weakness? That is like, yeah. Oregon's been landing these four and five stars, and they're ready to deliver yeah. despite injuries. They got the depth, too. And they did it without the number one injuries. player in the country. Yeah. That's one of their injuries. <laughs> He's a superstar. And Ohio State might not have got 28 points of his on He's the, the field. He's the closest yeah. thing I've seen to Lawrence Taylor. In college. That's an awesome thing Not to say. Not pros. I know. I mean, he hasn't been to the pros College. Yet. Don't say it yet. This guy's unbelievable. He's yeah. awesome. And he was the number one kid coming out of high school, so it's no big surprise. Right. So, I get and why they, the they won high. in Columbus without him. But you just watched the Utes get pushed around on defense. And you think I it's did. more offense, and you think it's more, the running game was inconsistent. I mean, the running game couldn't get fourth and two, but they did have a back run for well over 100 yards. It's like 12 yards a carry, but they what they need to do, and I talked to McDonald yesterday, the running back coach. Dude, give this kid more carries. Sure, but it was the other guy who had that average the last week, so they were busy getting him carries, and he fumbled and killed a drive and gave away three points. Yeah, but that's against Weber. There's a big difference in Weber and BYU. I know, but but Bernard was running against Weber, too, and Thomas ran better against Weber. 
And Bernard ran well, but Thomas ran better. Against Weber. whoop de doo yeah. I'll take the guy who runs better against BYU. Well, they, they will now, too. South Division champions, BYU Cougars. <laughs> I think Utah has an opportunity to have an excellent season. Even if they lose in the conference title game, they could still have. Because I believe if you win nine games, you've had a good season, ten games. You're still confident in their ability to get to the conference title game. More so than ever. After I've... It's, if we're talking, we spent weeks talking about the disarray of the Sun Devils. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've settled in. The disarray is common. They've been doing this for a month. It's a new normal. These right. guys, their coach gets canned last night after one game. So will they be able to rally and do the us against the world thing? Or will they lose another game, lose their goals, and then guys just try to put stuff on tape and get to the Seems more logical if the top guy goes, that's bigger than some uh, 25-year-old assistant DB coach. It, it does seem logical, yes. But Orgeron pulled them together pretty well the year he took over. For a team that had just collapsed the season before when their head coach was constant. Yeah, but that was the second time he had done that, too. There's that, too. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.